Good morning. Welcome. I want one. I have two quick announcements. Vacation Bible School and Wonderful Wednesdays start soon and in your bulletin is more information but the the june newsletters are here and if you'll get one of those you'll also see uh, registration information okay and also today is communion which means we'll be singing responses just sing when everyone else sings i think it's the best way to say it. <laughs> all right let's begin our worship together you let us pray together God of wind word and fire we bless your name this day for sending the light and strength of your Holy Spirit may that same spirit enable us to praise and witness to your love throughout all the earth 
through Jesus Christ, who lives with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. Let our children come forward at this time. you all a question this morning and I want you to think about your answer and share then when you the question is who is God how would you explain who God is to someone who didn't know he's our Savior our Savior yes Noah you want to add anything to that that, that, uh, I don't know. Okay, that's okay. All right. Well, I wanted to share with you the ideas of an eight-year-old boy in California. His name is Danny. And see if you agree with this. Okay, well, let's... I know that question. Lord Father. Lord Father. That's right. That's right. Okay, well, this is what Danny said. One of God's main jobs is making people. He makes them to replace the ones that die, so there will be enough people to take care of things on earth. He doesn't make grown-ups. He makes babies. I think that's a pretty good explanation. Okay. God's second most important job is listening to prayers. An awful lot of that goes on. And since some people, like preachers and things, pray at times beside bedtime, God doesn't have time to listen to the radio or TV because of this. <clears throat> because he hears everything, there must be a terrible lot of noise in his ears, unless he has thought of a way to turn it off. Have you thought, ever thought about that? How does God listen to all of our prayers? He's got it worked out. Aren't we sure? All right. Another part of Danny's idea is this. Jesus is God's son. He used to do all the hard work, like walking on water and performing miracles and trying to teach the people who didn't want to learn about God. They finally got tired of hearing him preaching to them, and they crucified him. But... 
He was good and kind, like his father God, and he told God that they didn't know what they were doing and to forgive them, and God said, okay. And God did not let Jesus stay in the grave, but raised him from the dead. And we've been talking a lot about that recently, haven't we? God appreciated everything that Jesus had done and all his hard work on earth, so he told him he didn't have to go out on the road anymore. He could stay in heaven, so he did. And now he helps his dad out by listening to prayers and seeing things which are important for God to take care of and which ones he can take care of himself without having to bother God. He's sort of like a secretary except more important. You can pray anytime you want, and God and Jesus are sure to help you because they got it worked out so one of them is on duty all the time. So that's how they manage all the people that are praying. You should always go to church on Sunday because it makes God happy, and if there's anybody you want to make happy, it's God. If you don't believe in God, you will be lonely because your parents can't go with you everywhere, but God can. It's good to know he's always around. And Danny's last idea is that you shouldn't always think about what God can do for us. We shouldn't always ask we should thank him for what he has done for us, like sending Jesus to earth, giving us loving families and loving friends, giving us a loving church. This list of blessings can be very long. But from Danny's ideas and from what you've learned in, from your church family, I want you to remember this. Very seldom do we use words to explain God, but every day our actions can show how wonderful God is. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for making us and taking care of us. Thank you for sending Jesus to save us. We pray that we can honor you each day. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you reign over the earth and the heavens, and we come before you in awe of your majesty as we sing our praises and bring our petitions and confessions to you, O oh God. 
Let us confess, O Lord, that we know of your promises, uh, that we would never be left alone because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And yet so often we act as if we have to depend only upon ourselves. Time and again we seek to follow our own ways instead of your sustaining word. We know that Jesus is ascended to heaven to be at your right hand and to be the head of your church. And yet we allow controversy and divisions to be in our midst. Where we have been contributors to separation, we dishonor you. In your abundant mercy, forgive us our transgressions and restore us to praise you. And by the gift of your Holy Spirit, open to us afresh the words of Scripture that we might be strengthened in our faith and given a mind to spread the good news of God's love as found in Jesus to the world. And, O oh Lord, this day we know that there are many reasons to pray and lift up prayers to you, our petitions. We have many on our prayer list. Uh, we have many uh, who are in our hearts and we would pray for now. Oh Lord, we pray for our annual conference that begins today, this week. We pray for our bishop. We pray for all the clergy and the delegates who will assemble across our state. In Florence, we pray for those that will be remembered who have passed away from last year. We pray for those new men and women who will be ordained, oh God, this conference. We pray for all the worship services. We pray for the business activities. We pray that it'll all be to your glory and to your glory only. Let us not stand, O Lord, looking in towards heaven for Jesus' return. Let us be about the work for the fulfillment of his promises here on earth until that day that will surely come. He comes again uh, to be with us. Hear our prayers for we pray in the name of that same Christ who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is an act of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving as our ushers come forward.
on Thursday, according to church tradition, uh, after 50 days of visiting with the disciples and others along the shores of Galilee and in Jerusalem and on the road to Emmaus, our Lord ascended into heaven. And today is the day that we celebrate Ascension Sunday. And the disciples were told to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And we celebrate that next Sunday with Pentecost Sunday. And the color turns red for that date to symbolize the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here in Acts chapter 1, we have this instruction from Jesus to the disciples to go to Jerusalem to wait for the gift uh, that has been promised and they will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so picking up at verse 6, it says, And so they were together and he, they asked him, the disciples asked him these questions, this question, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by His own authority, but do be aware that it will occur. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you will be my witnesses first in Jerusalem and then all of Judea and Samaria, which are currently Israel, and to the ends of the earth. And after He said this, he, Jesus was taken up before their very eyes up into heaven a cloud hid him from their sight and they were looking intently up into the sky and and suddenly two men dressed in white these are angels stood beside them and they said men of Galilee why do you stand here looking into the sky this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven and this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we are so thankful for so many things, especially we're thankful that you have the power over sin and death and that you were resurrected and was witnessed by countless witnesses before you ascended back to heaven. And we pray, O oh Lord, as we think about our time and how many years it's been, we have been waiting patiently for your return. And we pray that it will speedily come in our time. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit to give us comfort and guidance and your presence with us until that day. We thank you, O oh Lord, that that Spirit is with us even now. We pray in your name. Amen. Inside the dome of our capital in Washington, D.C., is an inscription that a lot of people don't know about. It says, One far-off divine event toward which the whole creation moves in reference to the return of Jesus Christ. This inscription was etched in the dome of our seat of government because this truth was a vital concern to the founders of our nation. This truth about when Jesus would return, this divine event, was a vital concern to the disciples in this passage from Acts. Consider this, the disciples had witnessed Jesus appearing since the tomb was found empty. They know or sense that Jesus has gathered them there to leave. And they want to ask the Lord one last time, 
for something to hold on to about when he would return. And so they asked him because they knew their scriptures and they knew that some things had to happen like the restoration of the kingdom. And Jesus, who talks in parables most of the time, was very clear in this passage. The kingdom will be reestablished, but in the fullness of the Father's time, the Father will decide when that will happen. And in the meantime, you will receive a gift, a gift from the Father and myself, the power of the Holy Spirit. And with this power, you will have a lot of work to do, so pack your bags. You're going to do some overnight traveling. Now, when Christ spoke these events, of course, they were somewhere in the future. For the kingdom of Israel had not been reestablished. It was still under the footprint and the foot of the Roman government. The disciples had not yet received this anointing of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about that came down on Pentecost. The church had not yet been born. It did not exist as we know it. The gospel message had not been proclaimed any further than those small areas there around Galilee and Jerusalem. But we know from history what happened. We know that the disciples were obedient to the Lord, that they went back to Jerusalem and they waited. Ten days, the scripture says. I'm sure that was a long wait. And then the Holy Spirit came upon them. And the church was born, and that's what we celebrate on Pentecost. And from that point on, those disciples and others spread out and went and carried the gospel message, like we talked about last week, where the Apostle Paul carried that gospel message to Athens. And that gospel message was carried to the very ends of the earth, like, I, like for example, the missionary I spoke about last week who carried it to a South Sea island, to only find out that the Lord had already been there. And fourth, the nation of Israel has come into existence. 1948, it was reconstituted. 1967, Jerusalem once more became the undivided capital of the kingdom of David. Now surely you may ask, these signs are just too easy to read. And that reminded me of a humorous story about a tourist who was driving through Texas. And he stopped at a gas station. He observed a piece of rope dangling from a sign. And the sign said, weather forecaster. And the tourist said, how can this possibly tell the weather? This piece of rope dangling here. And the clerk said, well, it's obvious you're not from around here. It's simple. When the rope swings back and forth, it's windy. When it gets wet, it's raining. When it's frozen stiff, snowing. And when it's gone, tornado. <laughs> you see, Jesus told us that the signs would point to his return. And even the, our Jewish brothers and sisters have within their current thinking, within their the orthodox uh, prophecies, that this is the time. In the year 2000, I ventured to Jerusalem uh, and to the Holy Land with the first uh, group of pilgrimage. And there we saw banners hanging 
from homes every so often, condominiums and things, and even in city streets that said in Hebrew, welcome Yeshua. And our Israeli guide said, they're welcoming the Messiah. I said, the Messiah, yes, the Messiah is due according to our prophecies. Even our Roman Catholic friends have a, uh, a prophecy, um, and I'll be happy to go into it with anybody who wants to, the St. Malachi prophecy, which pretty much says that there's a limited number of popes, and of course the dating is, there's some confusion about the dating, but either there's one or two popes left. One of the few last prophecies that has not occurred that most biblical scholars think need to recur is the restoration of temple worship. And yet, even back in 1989, Time Magazine reported that there was an organization training people to be in temple worship. And the chief rabbi insists that someday the Jews will again pray on the Temple Mount. So what does this all mean for us? It seems to me what we need to do is to wake up to the sleep we're in. I believe that the church is like a sleeping giant. It has been lulled to sleep by the evil one. It has been lulled to sleep by our culture of, that is, seems to be so out of control. It seems that there's no help can be done for it. And yet we have so much power still at our disposal if we would just use it for good. It reminds me of another story. Every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. It knows it must run faster than the fastest lion or it will be killed. And every morning a lion wakes up and knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. It doesn't matter whether you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you had better be running if you want to live. And likewise, if we're not seeking the Lord, the devil is seeking us. If you're not seeking the Lord, then the devil's at your heels. The Apostle Paul says we're to run the race set out for us. And they're not weary, but to keep running it until the end and not to become discouraged. There's an old fable about, about the devil that said one time he was going to sell off all his tools except for one. Yeah, and it's all these tools out there, you know, like hatred and malice and envy and despair and sickness, all the weapons that he likes to use. But he laid off to the side one that looked harmless enough, but he didn't want to sell it. And when, and when the inquiry came about that one, he said, well, I don't want to sell it. It's, it's the tool that I call discouragement. He said, most people don't know that it belongs to me, so with it I can open many doors. And once I get inside with discouragement... I can use any tool that suits me. Friends, we need to throw off our discouragement and we need to let the promised Holy Spirit fill us with encouragement and hopefulness. Within every church, the Lord has blessed us with all that He needs to get the job done. All the saints are here and all the resources are here. And this... Needs to, we need to be reminded of this. There's a, there's a story of during the reign of Oliver Cromwell in England. And the government began to run low on silver for coins. And Lord Cromwell sent his men to a local cathedral to see if he could find some 
some funds there. And after investigating, they came back and they said, the only silver that we can find is in the statues of the saints standing in the corners of the cathedral. To which Cromwell replied, good, we'll melt down the saints and we'll put them in circulation. The saints in our time must be put into circulation. There's a no better time for us to be active and about our work as we await the Lord's soon return. This should be a wonderful time. Every morning, my heart thinks that Jesus may come today. Every morning when I get up, I think this might be the day that the Lord returns. What a glorious day. What possibilities this day has. And each evening when I lay down to sleep and the Lord hasn't come during the day, I think this might be the evening, though, that I lay down in the peace of death. And I, either way, I might see and feel and know the assurance, you see, of the promises of Christ, that I will see the Lord in all His glory. Which means each day is an opportunity for us to set our life in order. It's an opportunity for us to do what is right. It's an opportunity for us to live as if we believe this. And so the angel reminded them, this same Jesus who is being taken from you now into heaven will come back. We must live as if we believe this and we must be about the work of our Lord until he comes or he calls us home. I offer these words to give you hope and encouragement. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. In the United Methodist Church, the table is open to all. You're all welcome at the table. Uh, when we begin, we will have the ushers direct us. The choir will come first. There is gluten-free wafers on either end if you need those. If you will follow with me. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him and earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. 
Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us have individual prayers of confession and intercession. Let us pray. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of His suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which He gave Himself up for us, He took bread, He gave thanks to you, He broke the bread and gave it to His disciples, and He said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. 
through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. assistant to come forward at this time.
May the peace of God be with you. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for this holy mystery in which you give yourselves to us. Help us to go into the world and give ourselves to others. We pray in your name. Amen. blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May they always be yours this day and each day. Amen. Amen.